0: The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Come in. Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. Philosophy, said the philosopher is most useful when we look backward on the evils of the past or forward to the evils of the future. Unfortunately, philosophy is of scant comfort when we must confront the evils of the present, which happens to be when we need it the most. Well, there are substitutes for philosophy, as we shall find out. You can't kill a cop. Why? Is a cop sacred? You don't know what a storm it'll blow up. All storms blow themselves out. I don't like it. Look, Joe, you know what it says. This too shall pass. You're the devil. Even down to the quoting of Proverbs, you have to be the devil. Come on, Joe. I'm just a guy who tries to get along the best way he can. Our mystery drama, Uncle Louie was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Tony Roberts. It is sponsored in part by Buick Motor Division and ARM, Allergy Relief Medicine. I'll be back shortly with Act One. A wise son maketh a glad father, or so the proverb tells us. However, there are always exceptions to cases and differences of opinion, which is why some of us are inspired to bet on horses, while others are moved to construct romances. Our story begins with a man named Ezra Arnold Miller. Both his name and his initials, EAM, appear constantly in the newspaper. He is perhaps one of the best-known reporters in the city. He has just been sentenced to death Oh, no, he has not been found guilty by a jury of his peers, nor has the verdict been handed down by a legally appointed judge. But a trial has taken place. All the evidence, for and against, has been weighed in the mind of one man, and one man alone has made the fatal decision. The telephone now rings in Ezra Arnold Miller's office, and he is about to talk with his executioner. But, of course, is Arnold Miller. doesn't know that. Miller. You're the reporter. Who's this? Someone who can tell you all about Harry George. Why would you want to do that? What's it worth to you? Your information is valid. You can get more for keeping it than selling it. Yeah. But there's other things in this world besides money. I'll name a few. Why don't we meet someplace? We huh? could come up here do is be seen walking into a newspaper office. Well, in, uh... You know, uh, Southside Park? Yeah. You know where the merry-go-round is? Yeah. Right in the back of it is a path with benches. I'll be sitting on the first one, four o'clock this afternoon. Four o'clock, huh? Eh? Be there. Hello. Hello. Joseph. I have to talk to you. Isn't it uh, dangerous for us to be meeting like this? I just found out about Ezra Miller. Oh? Who told you? That's not important. It is to me. Harry, you can't kill a newspaper reporter. Why not? Do you appreciate the kind of hue and cry that'll create? Yes, I think so. But people won't stand for it. Joseph, you of all people should know that the people will stand for just about anything. You can't outrage public opinion. Sure you can. You don't do it too often. Harry, I am a politician. So am I. But I'm in politics, openly. I'm an elected official. I'm in the city hall every day. Miller is out to get me, and he's very close. No other muckraker has ever gotten this far. But still... The man has to go for two reasons. First, he's a fool. I arranged to have an offer presented to him. What did he want? Money, connections, a book published, a TV show. We even offered to throw him a few fall guys so it would look as if he'd smashed the syndicate. But your Mr. Miller is stupid. He's not my Mr. Miller. You know... I'm only trying... Actually, he's too stupid to live. Your Miller? Yeah. Sit down. What's your name? Baldy. Baldy? Yeah, for obvious reasons. Well, how shall we begin? We already began. Now it's time for the end. The end? <laughs> you just been shot, <laughs> Mr. Miller. I... I see. You invest in a good silencer, and it don't hardly make no sound at all. Listen. <sighs> ah right here. You just
1: lean back like that. Oh, it's all right, little girl. Uh, this here gentleman's just tired, please. out a little nap,
0: that's all. Here. Here's 50 cents.
1: Why don't you go and have a ride on the merry-go-round? You can take it. That's it. Ah!
0: Father Burke? Oh, by all means, send him in. Once again, the good Father. Oh, well, come in, Father. Sit down. May I offer you something? You could offer me your confession. Oh, Father. I realize I've been lax in my religious duties these many years. What I had in mind, Harry, was a signed confession to the murder of Ezra Miller. But I didn't do it. We split hairs. You had it done. Father Burke, how can you say that? Because I have here your check for $25,000. Father, it's for the building fund of the church. It's a game we play, Harry. After every one of your outrages, you make a very generous donation. Father, be fair. That's hardly proof. It's proof enough for me. And here I am again, Harry, to return your check. Is it right to deprive me of the privilege of helping to build a new church? The money has blood on it. Father, you do me an injustice. Ezra Mella belonged to my parish. Fine reporter. You won't get away with it, Harry. (laughs) Father, I find you refreshing. (laughs) But not convincing. As a young priest, everyone was so charmed by your brilliance. Everyone predicted you would go far. I didn't think so. You didn't. I was right. You never got beyond the parish. You're right. Even back then, I said... Here is a man who's too, uh, abrasive. Ah. You see, Father, in life there must be a give and take, live and let live, an acceptance of the game and the rules it's played by. And since Ezra Miller approved of neither the game nor the rules, he paid the penalty. Yes. This is the first time you ever made such an ambition. There's very little you can do with it legally, Father. Why did you make it to begin with? I hope to convert you. Convert me to what? Reason. Continue. Father, I am in business. And what do I sell? Vice. That's my product, Vice. Gambling girls' narcotics. You follow this? Yes, but uh, where does it lead? To a sad but sobering truth. Which is? The public is ambivalent about Vice. Really? On the Sabbath day, they come to you so that you may assail it. During the rest of the week, they come to me, so that I may sell it. The public wants its forbidden pleasures, and it will have them, Father. Therefore? Therefore, we cannot permit the situation to get out of hand. We cannot have anarchy. Indeed. The thing must be controlled. It has to be run in an orderly, business-like fashion. Since the people insist on having their vice, then vice should be made as safe as possible. Fascinating. So, you see, I perform a most useful public service. I'm not the one who's a danger to society. Mm-hmm. No. It's the Ezra Millers of this world who threaten our orderly existence. The Millers who cannot accept life as it is. Who have no understanding of basic human nature. Perhaps one day you'll see the light, Father. How can I reach you, Harry George? Is there anything I could ever say to you that would strike even a spark of humanity? I wonder. As your mayor, I am shocked and saddened by this brutal murder, by the audacity of the hoodlum scum who feel free to commit their depredations with impunity. I Just a minute. Act shall not go unpunished. Yeah. By the You tell as me, Your Honor. long as I... Hello, Terrence. Oh, Burke. Come in. Have I interrupted anything? Uh, just a speech by His Honor, the mayor. The one about the thugs who feel free to commit their depredations with impunity. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh, sit down here in your favorite chair. Can I can I get you something? Uh, not now, thanks, Terry. I am reminded your uh, birthday is next week, isn't it? Uh, let's see, it'll be 29 years since I found you. or well, Yeah, 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 I suppose it will be. 29. You're getting up there, Terry. You should be thinking of a wife, children. No, I can't be thinking about that. And why not? Oh, uh, you know why not. It's an old argument between us. And I'm sure you haven't come here just for another replay. <laughs> What's on your mind Father? How's the Miller murder investigation going? Well, it isn't. You fellows have anything at all? Zero. We're still at ground zero. We have no leads at all. Well, my fine young detective lieutenant, what is your personal opinion? For what it's worth? Harry George strikes again. But you can't prove it. So hmm? oh, you can never prove anything against Harry George. Terry, something has to be done. Well, what can we do? I mean, the man is completely protected. Ezra Mello was killed because he was about to uncover that protection. He was killed in broad daylight in the midst of dozens of people. And nobody saw anything. Nobody knows anything. Nobody has come forward. Then yeah, that's our problem, Father. No, our problem goes deeper. You see, when crime was being committed mainly by obvious criminals, by crude, vulgar, unwashed hoodlums, it was possible for the public to become outraged. But now... Yeah, yeah, I think I know what you mean. Harry George is a man of culture. We were friends. We grew up in the same parish. I went into the seminary he had a law school. I don't know what changed him. Maybe nothing. Maybe this is just what was underneath all the time. It isn't that Harry breaks the law. It's that he makes law-breaking respectable. Terry, what can be done? The way it stands now? Nothing. Not Harry. Father, he used a hitman. Even if we could find the guy, that wouldn't mean we could prove Harry hired him. Have you given up looking? No. But we won't get Harry George. You know the terrible thing? If and when he's ever brought down, it won't be for murder. It won't be for all the suffering and misery he's brought to some people. Yes, I know. It'll be for something like income tax evasion. Or conspiracy. Or something that's equally impersonal and bloodless. so we'll take what we can get. But, Terry, if he goes to jail because he was caught, well, let us say, caught because he was keeping a double set of books, then people will say it was bad luck or that he was careless. No one will have to confront the enormity of his crimes. Terry, do something for me. Anything, Father, you know that. And it's not just for me, it's for all of us. Sure. Change your attitude. I know you're doing a good job, but... But what? In your heart, you don't really believe you can crack the case, do you? Well, Father, the practicality... Now, please. Please, Terry, believe you can do it. Believe it in your heart. And maybe it'll happen, Terry. Faith. We are told it can move. Or more accurately, remove mountains. However, how effective is faith when it comes to solving crimes? Actually, it might be better to have a liberal supply of convincing clues or some incontrovertible evidence. But lacking these, faith, if properly pursued, is next best. I shall return with Act Two shortly. as Mr. H. L. Mencken said, is the illogical belief in the occurrence of the improbable. Well, now, when you consider all the odds against it, faith seems to have held up pretty well over the years. Ah, yes, faith. It just seems that sometimes it appears to be so weak and forlorn. Believe, Terry. Believe you can do it. I want to, Father. I believe you can do it. Thank you for that confidence. You of all people. Why me? Because I believe that there is an order to things of fitness. But why me? What are you getting at? Nothing, Terry. Just have faith, will you? Yes, Father. Believe in your heart that you can track down the killer. I'll try, Father. I'll try my best. Mrs. Helen Polly. Yes? Do you remember me?
1: I uh, you well, do look familiar.
0: I'm Lieutenant Smith.
1: Oh, the, the detective. Now, may I come in? Well, uh, I think so, yes. Will you sit down? Thank you. Well, what can I do for you? Mrs. Polly, uh,
0: I hope I'm not making you you nervous.
1: I suppose the truth is you are.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to.
1: But it, it has to do with that awful murder? Yes. But, but I've already told you, and all the other officers, everything I know...
0: I understand. Would you mind telling it again?
1: <laughs> For what reason?
0: <laughs> Truthfully, we've reached a blind alley. We hope that by going over and over the very little that we have we may come up with something.
1: Something like what?
0: I don't know. Uh, a fresh insight, uh, a new perspective. Will you tell me again the circumstances that led to your discovery of Ezra Miller's body?
1: Well, I saw him leaning back on the park bench. I thought at first he was asleep, but then I noticed the blood and, and, and I screamed. Yes. A crowd gathered, a policeman came running up, and uh, and that's all I know.
0: I I look at my notes, Mrs. Pauly, and I see that that's exactly the way you told it the first time, word for word.
1: It's a very simple story, and I remember it so vividly. Is it the whole story? What do you mean?
0: Mrs. Pauly, I... I like you. You're an attractive woman.
1: Where is this supposed to lead?
0: Well, it was necessary for us to find out all about you. Yes? You're a widow. Uh, you were accustomed to a lot of money. But your husband lived for the present. He died suddenly without leaving you provided for. So? Well, so you never worked a day in your life, Mrs. Pauly, but she, you went out. You you found a job. You're raising your little five-year-old daughter. Your house
1: is neat, clean. Please, Lieutenant. You, you sound as if you're building up to a proposal for marriage.
0: Well, if I were the marrying kind, I I could do worse, Mrs. Pauly.
1: Really? And why aren't you the marrying kind?
0: Getting back to the reason I'm here. Oh, yes. You are an honest, decent young woman, but I think I caught you in a lie. What lie? I asked you to tell me the story of how you discovered Miller's body.
1: And I did. The whole story.
0: Well, I don't think so, and I'll tell you why. He was leaning on his left side, which is where the two bullets entered his chest. Now, in order for you to see the blood, you would have had to approach him very closely. You'd practically have to stand over him. Isn't that so? Well, uh... He was a stranger, wasn't he? Yes. And he appeared to be asleep, right? Yes. You were walking along the path. You you were in the middle of the path? I I think so. All right, from (laughs) the middle of the path, it's five feet to the edge of the grass. Another three feet to the bench. Eight feet. Why did you walk eight feet out of your way to get this close to look at him?
1: B- because, uh, because...
0: Because you haven't told me the whole story, have you, Helen?
1: I don't think you have the right to call me Helen.
0: Why did you walk over to get that close look?
1: B- because I saw the blood.
0: Yeah, but we already established the fact that you couldn't see the blood until you did walk over to him. Well? Why, Helen? It's three o'clock. Yes.
1: You'll have to excuse me I have to pick up my daughter at school Yes, but you still haven't told me why I don't want my child to have to wait for me I'll go with you No, please don't Are you hiding something? I'm not hiding anything And I don't know anything I wish you'd let me alone And please, don't call me Helen Hi there Oh, it's you
0: I was wondering if we could talk
1: I have nothing to say to you Well,
0: that isn't true
1: Besides, I'll be late for work.
0: Oh, you don't have to be. My car is parked down the block. Please. I just want to talk to you.
1: Look, if you don't stop bothering me, I'll call a cop. I am a cop. Look, it isn't a joke. I agree. What do you want?
0: You know what I want. I want you to tell me why you went out of your way to discover Miller's body.
1: I... Well, I don't know. You
0: don't know why you should suddenly, for no reason, walk away from the path in the park to get a closer look at a man who appeared to be asleep on a bench?
1: That's right. I don't know.
0: A man who's a complete stranger, and there's nothing suspicious about him.
1: told you, I don't know. You expect me to believe that? Well, whether you believe it or not, there's nothing more I can tell you. I mean, sometimes you do things without knowing why. There's no rhyme or reason. You just... Find yourself doing something. Helen. Look, you have no right to call me Helen. My name is Mrs. Pauly. Don't you dare play the patronizing police officer with me?
0: I called you Helen because I like you.
1: Well, you have no right to like me. Oh, I'm sorry. I can imagine what I must sound like. It, it's just that talking to a detective makes me nervous.
0: <laughs> it isn't so terrible, you know. Just tell me what made you stop to look at Mr. Miller's body.
1: I keep telling you. I don't know.
0: Helen, are you trying to protect somebody?
1: What makes you say that? Is that true? It's the most ridiculous thing I ever heard in my life. Look, Helen... If you don't stop annoying me, I'll, I'll call a lawyer. I mean that. If I join you. Well, all right. Do you come here often? No, it's my first time. This is my favorite restaurant. I know. You know. I might just as well tell you the truth. I wanted to see you. About what? You know about what? I haven't been able to sleep at night. I'm sorry. I guess it's my mother's fault.
0: Why? What did your mother do?
1: Oh, she said to me, Honey, whenever you're in trouble, you just go up to a policeman. That's why he's there, to help you. I know that sounds silly.
0: No, I don't think that sounds so
1: silly. Why? Did your mother say the same thing to you?
0: I never knew my mother.
1: Well, anyhow, I guess these things stay with you. And so I knew from the first minute you asked that I'd... I'd have to talk to you. But I was scared. I'm still scared. Maybe when it comes down to it, I'll, I'll just get up and run out of here without saying anything.
0: Tell me why you're scared.
1: I could have gone to police headquarters, but, but that would have made it an official thing. And this must be, it just has to be off the record. So I called your office and, and they said you'd gone to dinner. I said it was a matter of life and death. Which it is. And they said, Tries and Kenzo's. Here I am.
0: And now that you're here...
1: Look, uh, you've got to give me a chance to build up my courage.
0: <sighs> well, let's try some dinner. What would you like?
1: I don't think I can concentrate on food.
0: But you should. I'll order the special. Well, what is it? It doesn't matter. It's always great. Vincenzo, do you special in the vino?
1: You see? Taken care of. Oh, <laughs> life is so efficient and orderly with you, isn't it? Yeah, I try. Is that why you're never married? How do you know I never married? You told me you're not the marrying kind, remember? So I did. I understand why. Do you? Hmm. Actually, married life isn't for people who are orderly and efficient. Why is that? Because married life is neither efficient nor orderly. Really? Truly, you can't fully control your existence. There's another person whose wishes and needs have to be respected. And with children, things can become chaotic, to say the least.
0: Well, that's not the reason I never married.
1: What is the reason? Forgive me. I didn't mean to pry.
0: I haven't married because I don't know who I am.
1: Aren't you Detective Terrence Smith of Homicide Squad?
0: (laughs) Terrence Smith was the name Father Burke gave me. I was one of those newborn infants you read about who are found in the doorway of a church.
1: Oh.
0: I don't know why I told you this.
1: I think I know why.
0: Do you? Mm.
1: It's because you know that I'm sitting here trying to build up the courage to tell you something that's very close to me. So you thought you could make it easier for me if you gave me a secret of yours.
0: Maybe that's part of it, but I think there's more to it. More? Maybe it's too early to talk about. I hope you're not on a diet. They've got fantastic desserts in this place.
1: Terry, I guess it's now or never. Now, don't let me change the subject. All right. The, The Miller murder? Yes. There's a witness
0: witness to the murder? Yes. You're telling me someone saw the person who murdered Ezra
1: Miller? Yes, Terry.
0: Who is this witness?
1: My daughter. My little five-year-old daughter.
0: Now, let us review the bidding. What is this about a witness and a five-year-old girl? When did she come into the picture? Well, the truth is, she was in it from the very beginning. You know us. We play fair. Think back to the murder itself, to that park bench near the merry-go-round, and to every word the killer said. And while you're thinking, we'll pause briefly, and then I shall return with Act Three. is the Latin, testis unus, testis nullus, which means a single witness is no witness. Of course, getting down to it, it all depends on who that witness is. And if the only witness in a murder case turns out to be a five-year-old girl, well, which lawyer would you rather be, the one who prosecutes or the one who defends? You're a little girl?
1: This has to stay between us. You could never put a child her age on the stand. You know that. Yes. You couldn't even talk to her. She's too shy. Besides, by this time, she's already forgotten the whole thing. Just tell me what the child saw. All right. Well, we were in the park. She was on the swing. She wanted ice cream. I said I'd get it, but you stay here, honey. don't want her off. Oh, but she did, as usual. And when I came back with the ice cream wasn't there. But before I could get panicky, I noticed her. She was on the merry-go-round.
0: Go Go ahead.
1: When the ride was over, I grabbed her and I said, where did you get the money? She smiled at me and said, Uncle Louie.
0: Uncle Louie?
1: Yeah. I said, is Uncle Louie here in, in the park? She said, yes. I became frightened, so frightened. Why? Because Louis, my oldest brother, he died last year. Oh. Now, show me where Uncle Louis is. And she took my hand and led me to that park bench. I saw a man sitting there. He, he seemed to be asleep. And I said to her, Oh, see, honey, that's not your Uncle Louis." And she insisted in her childlike way that the Uncle Louie had been sitting next to that man and he had given her 50 cents for the carousel. That's when I saw the man had blood on his shirt but that he was dead.
0: She saw the killer.
1: No, you can't use this legally.
0: Yes, but at least we may know what he looks like. He has to be a professional so there's probably a sheet on him.
1: Do you remember how she described him? Of course. He looks very much like Uncle Louie.
0: And what did Uncle Louie look like?
1: I brought this picture. Oh. See? Uncle Louie was very chubby and very bald. Oh, she adored her Uncle Louie, which means the resemblance must have been very close. Yes. Well, have I helped you? Well,
0: now I know who I'm looking for.
1: Carrie, I'm sorry I couldn't tell you this sooner.
0: Don't worry. I think you're wonderful. sit down, Terrence, sit down. Thank you, Father. I've come to ask your advice. You have a look on your face I've never seen before. I say marry the girl Terence, lads, Marry her. <sighs> what are you talking about? Only a woman, a certain kind of woman, can put a smile on a man's eyes and a spring in his step. No, Father. And I have my spies everywhere, especially Vincenzo's. Dinner almost every night, and she brings a little girl. Mm-hmm. Father... Father, I don't know what to do Marry her, of course She's lovely You know the problem I know what you have chosen to make into a problem How do I know who I really am? Or does it matter who your parents really were? How do I know what's in my blood? You know By this time, you know I don't This isn't what I came here to talk to you about, Father Oh? It isn't? I got a description of the killer From whom? Well, it wouldn't stand up in court, but I know who he is. Can you tell me? He's a guy named Baldy Corzell. I assume he's a professional assassin. Right. But nobody's ever pinned anything on him, even though we know he's been used for some very important assignments. What's your next move, Terrence? I, I don't know. If we could mobilize the entire resources of the department, we might be able to construct the case. You know, using this as a platform, but I'm afraid. Of what, my son? Of of telling this to anyone. Why? I don't know who to trust. I see. It's a terrible thing, Father. Most of the men on the force, the overwhelming majority, are honest. But once I put this into a report, I don't really know who has access to it. Harry George has strength in the administration. It's... Even rumored that he owns the mayor. I wouldn't be surprised. And what could I put into the report? I'd have to name my source, and that would be unacceptable. Well, what can you do? Maybe I can make something happen. Be careful. I'm always careful. What I need is to be lucky. <laughs> Killing either of them, right, Baldy? Except uh, you couldn't use a 38. Just what are you looking for, buddy? Yeah. Buddy's a good name for me at that. I can really do you a good turn. What do you want? Copper. <laughs> now, how'd you know I was a copper? I can smell him. You're through, Baldy. Yeah? Yeah, we know who knocked off Ezra Miller, and we know who paid you. Yeah? That kind of thing could seal you in the can, for life. Is that a fact? Except we want Harry George. Who's he? We want him so badly, you could make a deal. Well, Forget a legit citizen enjoy the fights in peace, huh? Harry George. He's gonna know you we know. And besides, lots of people here know I'm a cop. Some of them even know who you are. Did you and I plan to meet here to arrange a deal? Think about What's the matter, Harry? You have to find out something for me, Joe. Well? What is the true status of the investigation? What investigation? Come on, Joe. What progress have the police made? As far as I know, none. Level with me, Joe. But I... If I go... You and a lot of other people go with me. Harry, what is it? A certain employee of mine was approached by a detective, a Lieutenant Smith. The Smith fellow knows he's the killer and offered him a deal. Now, what do you know about it, Joe? Nothing. The department has nothing. I'm in touch with the commissioner, the chief of detectives, there's nothing official. And how do you account for the fact that this cop knows? He must be doing it on his own. Why? It happens. Sometimes <laughs> an ambitious cop will sit on a lead till he can make sure he can get all the credit for it. Then this cop has to be taken care of now. Wait a minute. You can't kill a cop. Why is a cop so sacred? The, the, the public won't stand for it. That's what you said about Miller. Well, the sun still rises in the morning and sets at night, doesn't it? How many people even remember Ezra Miller? Listen, hurry. Into what? What do you really have to say? When is this all going to stop? When? No, I don't know. Maybe never. Carine. Father Burke. Sit down. Am I interrupting anything? I'm just using the city time and typewriter to type a note to a certain lady. Keep my secret. Oh, I have to. Terry, have you made a report of the thing we talked about? No, not yet. I would advise you to do it. I could ruin the whole thing. Harry George could have this fellow killed and uh, then it's all gone. But this way he could have you killed. Ah, Father, you worry too much. Sometimes I chide myself for not worrying enough. Harry, it's a dangerous game. The odds are too great against one man. Suppose Harry George finds out you're operating as a uh, a lone wolf. I suppose he does. I, I I can take care of myself, you know. I would advise you to make the thing official. Why? I just feel that way. Think about it. Yeah, Baldy have to do it tonight. Okay. He's visiting some woman over on Adams Terrace. I can knock him off as he comes out. No. No, it has to be an accident. That way no smart reporter can claim he was killed because he might have known too much. So what do you want me to do? He leaves her place about 11.30. Drives home. On the way he stops off at an all-night deli at the corner of Jefferson and Maine. Follow him in. Pretend it's a stick-up. He won't be able to get at his gun. Be the nervous punk type and start shooting. Poor guy, he'll be one of those innocent bystanders. Be ready for him at midnight, which is when he usually gets there, understand? You're the boss. One moment, please. While the Burke. I know it's late, Harry, but uh, I couldn't sleep. So you decided to call on me. Well, come in. I'm honored. Thank you. Now, what does this mean, Father? Are we friends? We've always been friends. We've gone our separate ways. And each of us thoroughly disapproves of what the other does. But we're friends. Father, you have something on your mind. Of course. Do you remember Katie Oliver... Katie Oliver. Now, don't pretend, Harry. I remember Katie. Red-haired Katie. You loved her, but not quite enough. And she loved you, but just a little too much. Why are we talking about Katie Oliver after 30 years? Because I'm about to break a promise I made to her. And you, a priest. Katie disappeared a long time ago. She may not even be alive. And if she were aware of the circumstances, I am sure that she'd release me from my vow. What vow and what circumstances? When Katie had found out that you had chosen a certain way of life, she decided to leave you. Yes. What you didn't know was that Katie was going to have a baby. She what? No, 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 please. Don't interrupt. Listen to all of it. No one knew. She went away somewhere and had the child. She brought him to me right after he was born. I spread the story that he was a foundling. But I promised to keep her secret and see to it that he would grow into a fine young man. And he did. Your son. My son? I have a son? Yes. Where is he? Who is he? Where is he? He's probably visiting the wonderful woman he plans to marry. Who is he? His name is Terrence Smith. Terrence Smith? Detective Lieutenant Terence Smith. Lying. Am I? Smith. Smith, he's my son? Yes. I don't believe it. Look. On the wall. You have a picture of Katie. You still have a picture of Katie. The only picture in the room. Look at Katie. Look at her red hair. Her eyes, a her smile. Here's a picture of Terry Smith. Look at him. It's one face. He's yeah, my son. My son. What time is it? It's, uh, close to midnight, why? Almost midnight. No, no. I have to stop him. Stop him. Harry, where are you going? <laughs> Everybody stand still. It's a sticker. up. We're oh, almost
1: done
0: Everybody's hands way up. You there. Oh! No, don't! Don't shoot! What the? Stand back, stand back, everybody. Everybody get back. I'm a police officer. You there. Pick up that phone. Dial 911. 911. Hurry. Now, please, please, let me throw. I'm a parent. Let me throw. Father Burke. Harry, are you all right? Yeah, I think so. Look. It's Harry George, and that's Baldy on the floor. They're both dead. Yes. I just happened to come in here, and uh, Baldy comes in with his gun out to pull a hold-up. Baldy, a high-priced hitman.
1: Why would he stick up a delicatessen?
0: Yes. Why? Hey, I can figure that out. It could have been a way to knock me off and make it look like it was an accident. Make sense? Yes. Yeah, except that then in comes Harry George. We know what and who he is. He's got a gun, and he tries to stop Baldy from killing me. I can't figure it out. Why would Harry George do that? Why? Yeah. Why? Maybe one day you'll learn the answer. Did Terry ever find out? I don't know. Truly. You see, once the story is over, it's over. And if Father Burke ever decides to tell him, then. That becomes another story, and you had yours for this day. I shall return in just a few moments. The name of our story is Uncle Louie, and we never told you anything about Uncle Louis except a few of the physical details. We know he was short and chubby and bald, and yet he must have been a wonderful man. While he lived, he charmed the heart of a little child. And after he died, he was instrumental in bringing down one of the greatest vice lords in the country. Who would have dreamed he had such powers? Certainly not Uncle Louie himself. Our cast included Tony Roberts, Ann Williams, Ralph Bell, Jackson Beck, and Ken Harvey. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater,